0: My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning. Good morning. I will break out my Miss Amy Puggle voice if I have to. Good morning and happy Mother's Day. I want to take full advantage of the podcast in which my mother, who happens to be traveling, she and my father are currently in Italy right now, a wonderful happy Mother's Day and that I love her very, very much. I really enjoy the tradition of me standing here on Mother's Day, no matter how uncomfortable it makes me. When we first started this tradition, we had a series that we were going through, and Jim would send me the topic or the verses well in advance because he knows my affection for having a plan. I remember the first time that he told me that I could speak on just whatever. That made my heart beat very fast, but I believe that was the lesson that I did on Puggles for Grown Ups. It is taking me a long time to realize that it's okay to be me. I'm different. I handle things different. I act different and I look different than most. This lesson will be different than how we've covered Mark thus far. While my focus will still be Jesus, I teach differently. We'll be covering verses 4 through 12 today, meaning there is a staple in your handout, which I think has never happened for me before. While my style is different, the focus, the outcome, the input, and the reason for me standing here today is Jesus. Since we started, Mark, I've been trying to track the verses that would have been mine by Mother's Day. And let's just say I was way off, way off. However, God knew I needed these verses today. This lesson could easily be titled, A Lesson for Amy. However, if I had to pick an overall topic, it would be, It All Matters. Let's read Mark chapter 2. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And he passed by, and he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at his table in the house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast before the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, is for fresh wineskins. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain, and the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God in time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate bread of the presence which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. But also he gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. I love how Mark is written. To me, Mark is written like he was like, oh yeah, and then there's one more thing. Oh yeah, and then this happened. He's hitting the high parts and telling us just the facts which is what I enjoy. I want the story, and I want the facts. I want to start by asking the question that is on top of our handout. What is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark that we've studied so far? Need an answer, people. Come on. What is God doing in you through the Word from the portion of Mark that we have studied so far? I'll even take Jesus as an answer. Come on, it's Mother's Day. (laughs) Help me out. Well, when I answered this question at the beginning of our study, I didn't realize how much it would correlate with this lesson. I said that I am learning that my story is important and that it needs to be told. Last week, Jim talked about unnamed Bible characters. And a while back, we did a series on Bible characters that we most relate to. And I was blessed to be able to teach during that series. I wanted to relate to, like, those with unshakable faith. However, I found myself relating to the unnamed Bible characters. The stories of the unnamed are important, And they're told to us for a reason. And this story is one that I've heard or have read for as long as I can remember. And it's actually probably one of the first times I've taught it without a felt board or a picture or a song. That being said, this allowed me to look at those verses in a new light. To really look at what God is doing and saying. These verses are much more than four individuals who tear a hole in the roof. While that is actually huge, we need to look past the paralytic being lowered through the roof and look straight at the reason that he's being lowered down. Verse 4, And when they could not get near him, this get near means bear towards, they couldn't even make their way towards Jesus. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, crowd meaning throng or rabble or riot, they removed or as we discussed last week, to unroof, they removed the roof above him, him being Jesus. When they had made an opening, meaning to dig out or extract, they let down or lowered the bed on which the paralytic lay. I heard a pastor once say that the paralytic was a rich man because regardless of economic status, having friends like this makes you rich. These four had been walking around for we don't really know how long, looking for a way to get their friend to Jesus. And I wonder how many ways they tried, how many times they attempted to push their way through. But instead of giving up, they made a hole in a roof and lowered him to Jesus. And I read all types of information, and everybody has a differing opinion on what hole in the roof means. Some say, yes, they actually made a hole, probably even required some kind of tools. Others said, yes, they made a hole, but it was probably easy to unearth and probably just could have been done out, you know, digging with their hands. And a few said that the covering the roof would have been extremely easy because part of the house that they were in was usually uncovered anyway. So during certain types of weather, they would use a big tarp, cover the hole. So uncovering it would have been super easy. This is something that we can for sure look at with an open hand. Yes, they unroofed the roof somehow. The how doesn't really matter. What matters is that they did it to get their friend to Jesus. No matter how easy or how hard, they still removed part of the roof. They somehow got this man on a cot who couldn't move to the top of a house. They then made an... They then made an opening large enough to lower the cot while not losing the man on said cot. Jim mentioned last week about the rope holders in Acts who lowered Saul through an opening in the wall. Acts 9, 23 through 25 says, How many days had passed the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night, and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. We all have rope holders in our lives who stand in the gap for us, holding tightly to our ropes and helping us navigate our lives. I am extremely grateful for the people who used to and who currently hold my rope, because regardless of how many times I've given them reason, they still hold on. These four in Mark held tight to the ropes as they literally took their friend to Jesus. I have a great tribe, and it's important to surround yourself with people who support you and hold you a rope and take you to the feet of Jesus. I know that we all have had people in our lives who we've attempted to bring to Jesus some many, many times. We all feel like our attempts keep getting thwarted. We cannot give up. These four made a hole in the roof and found a way to lower their friend to the feet of our Savior. So what's our excuse? What's in our way? No matter what, we cannot stop trying. I am currently here with a friend of mine. I pray for her daily. And while she is a believer, I pray for a hole in the roof for her. I pray that she sees that she is worthy. I pray that she is listening and knows that I am holding her rope as she is lowered to the feet of our Savior. The amazing thing is, is that God has planned for our loved ones greater than we can ever dream. We have to remind ourselves that God's plan is already in action in the lives of the people that we are praying for. Verse 5, And when Jesus saw, or to discern clearly, their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven because of their faith, the faith of the four, not just the paralytics. It was the faith of the four that pushed them to continue to find a way to get to Jesus. It was their faith that made them come up with a plan to take him to the roof. It was their faith that kept them going as they made a hole in the roof that was big enough. It was their faith that kept them going and kept them steady, their hands and their feet steady, as they lowered their friend to Jesus. It was their faith that got them answers greater than they were looking for. James two seventeen and 18 says, So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Our faith, our walk with Christ, should make it evident where our trust is. It is so, so comforting to know if God has our hearts, everything else will get sorted out. While works alone do not and will not save us, God, in his full authority, can. Jesus, noting the faith of the man and his ropes, holders freely gave him forgiveness. The word son here means a child or a descendant. In this place, it is used with significance. It denotes affection and kindness. I want to believe that Jesus calls this paralytic son because it would have had a special connection with him, almost like a sense of comfort. You know, we all have those names, those nicknames or special names that our close family and friends call us, and it gives us a sense of comfort. There are very, very few people in this world who can get away with calling me Amy Grace. However, when someone calls me Ames, a nickname that was started by my family, I know that that person knows me and loves me. I can count on one hand, close family and friends, who use and who are really allowed to use that name with me in conversation. It gives me comfort when someone whom I love looks at me and refers to me that way. The beautiful thing about this statement that Christ has made is that we can insert our names into that sentence. And I can just picture him saying, Ames, your sins are forgiven. Verse 6. Now some of the scribes, professionally, a writer, a scribe, or a secretary, were sitting there questioning to reckon thoroughly in their hearts, meaning heart or thought or mind, Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming, or to vilify. Who can forgive sins but God alone? The scribes perceived Jesus to be just a man, and since he claimed to forgive the sins of the paralytic, they assumed that he was speaking untrue or was blaspheming. I don't know about you, but it took me a couple of times of reading these verses to realize that that question that the scribes asked was not out loud. They questioned in their hearts. We all have questioned things, God, situation in our hearts. And sometimes we may have even received an answer where we were like, oh, wait, what, You, you heard that? I pick a word of the year every year to be my focus. I have done this ever since the women's retreat where this was our topic. One word, just one word. I read the book, one word that will change your life. I pray and ponder, and carefully choose my word every year. This year, I knew my word even before I read my book. It was going to be strong. My word was going to be strong. It was a powerful word, and I was so confident that it was going to guide me into 2019. I read the book anyway, just to stick with tradition, and a feeling swept over me that strong was not my word. This new word seemed weak, and I wanted, needed, a powerful word. I kept reading my book, and this word, this new word, kept getting louder in my head. Finally, I closed my book, set it down, and was quick to tell God that as soon as he got it right, I'd finish my book. You see, this new word that was on repeat in my head was better. Better seemed ordinary to me, less than ordinary, actually. I didn't want better. I wanted strong. God was quick to fill my mind and heart with ways that better was the better word for me. How can I strive to be a better mom, friend, wife, worker, daughter, etc.? I can only be better when my focus, my walk is better, and that can only come through God. Even then, I wasn't set on this word. I continued my argument with God and told him that as soon as he saw things my way, we could move forward. I turned on Pandora, and the first song that came blaring through was Kenny Chesney's Build a Better Boat. There's a line in that song that says, Now and then I let it go. Around the waves I can't control. If it's working, I don't know. When I get done, this thing may not float, but I'm learning to build a better boat. It was then that I came to term with the fact that God did know what he was talking about. And that better was the better word for me. And it is my word for 2019. Better is not easy. And there are times that I fail miserably. However, I am striving to be better. Verse 8. And immediately, or at once, Jesus, perceiving, or to fully recognize, become acquainted with, Perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned again, meaning to reckon thoroughly within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? What is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. If Jesus wanted or ever looked for mic drop moments, I think this is one of them. The scribes are there to catch Jesus doing something that they can get him with. They wanted to catch him messing up, going against the law. They wanted something that they could hold against him. When the hole was made in the roof, I imagine the attention switched slightly from Jesus to this man that was now being lowered through the roof. Our Jesus looks at the paralytic and his immediate response is the forgiveness of sins. That's when the scribes think that Jesus is being blasphemous because as they questioned, only God can forgive sins. That's when Jesus asks his follow-up question to the scribes. Of course, no one heard the scribes asked anything because they questioned it in their hearts. It just makes me wonder how many heads turned immediately to this situation. Jesus asks a question, and I bet the scribes knew better than to answer it. Which is easier, he asks, forgiveness of sins, or to say, arise and walk. Jesus asked them to prove to them who he was. While the forgiveness of sins is without a doubt the greater of the two, curing this man of his disease was visible. Verse 10. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority or privilege, force, capacity, or freedom on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Earth here means the whole earthly globe, including the occupants in each application, just to ensure that they knew that Jesus meant everyone in every part of the world. The message puts the verses this way. Well, just so it's clear that I am the Son of Man and authorized to do either or both, he looked at the paraplegic and said, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home, just so it's clear. Jesus made it abundantly clear by the forgiveness of sins and then the physical healing. In one of the commentaries I read, it said, the bed had borne the man, and now the man bore the bed. Talk about stop you in your tracks moments. I read this line I don't know how many times, because man, he wasn't able to bear anything he was used to being carried place to place. And now he was able to rise, pick up his bed, and go home. Jesus meets all of our needs in every way possible. Verse 12. And he rose and immediately, directly, or at once, picked up his bed and went out before them all, meaning all, every, the whole, so that they were all again, meaning everyone, were amazed or put out of their wits and glorified, meaning to render glorious, and glorified God, saying, and this is the present participle active, so it's repeatedly saying, we never saw anything like this. Yet again, the word immediately is used. It speaks to the suddenness and completeness of the cure. The audience's first response is glorification of God. My parents attend Calvary Chapel, and they are currently going through Mark as well. Pastor Frank from Calvary said that you can have a divine delivery with no receptivity. This made me think about the receptivity of everyone in this story. The four were receptive from the start. They knew Jesus was capable of much more and found a way to get their friend in front of him. The paralytic was receptive to the miracles that Jesus performed in his life. The crowd was receptive. It says that he went out before them all, meaning the whole crowd, the whole crowd that was so large that the four couldn't even begin to make their way towards him. Now this man is walking out and carrying his mat, and they all glorified God. A few years ago in Puggles, When a grandmother came to pick up her grandson as they were leaving, she turns to him and says, what do you say? And he turns and he looks at me and he goes, wow. I know that's not what the grandmother was looking for, but to me, that response was perfect. May we always say wow after we've been in the presence of our Savior. Warren Wearsby once said that God's delays are not his denials. All of this was in his timing and in his way. The crowd, the hole in the roof, the questions from the scribes, all of it was in God's plan. So to my title of It All Matters, our story, no matter if we are named or if we're not, our faith, no matter if we are digging holes in the roofs or being lowered through the hole, it matters. Our receptivity to God's divine actions in our lives, matter our obedience to the call of christ matters our walk matters the paralytics walk matters he is not only able to physically walk he can now walk through life with the assurance that his sins have been forgiven god and god alone is the reason for both of these changes in this man's story his faith and the faith of the four holding his ropes Changed not just his earthly life, but his eternal life as well. So whose ropes are we holding? What do you need to unroof to get to Jesus? May we, regardless of circumstances and obstacles, may we always glorify God. While this story was about the healing of a paralytic, our focus should remain on Jesus, as it always should. There are going to be plenty of roofs with holes and rope holders in our lives. Some will stay steady, and others will come and go. However, Jesus will remain. His love, His mercy, His grace, and our life matters. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.